Hello and welcome to the Change in Education podcast. As the UK's largest education business partnership, the Change in Education group delivers the best in-class work experience and careers management services. Why not find out more? Check out our website, changingeducation.co.uk and send us an email, info at changingeducation.co.uk. Hello and welcome. My name is Amos Madra, your host. In this week's episode, company directors and co-founders Stephen Hackney and Matthew Hodgkinson discuss putting real work experience back on the curriculum. Hello and welcome again. Here we are on another episode on the Changing Education podcast. So we've got the small matter, if you want to call it that, of a webinar coming up. Uh, which will be featuring the fantastic Mr. Matthew Hodgkinson, uh, director and co-founder. And of course, uh, Steve, I'm sure you've got a part to play in that as well, uh, our other uh, company director and co-founder. So we'll be uh, talking about that today. Uh, that's going to be our main focus. Uh, of course, this is going to be a huge event held on the 30th of November. We're all looking forward to that. And uh, it's all about putting work experience, putting real work experience back on the curriculum. That sounds really interesting. Something we'll be discussing today. And of course, uh, there as well will be Roman Dibden, who's the head of strategic development and innovation here at the Change in Education Group. So, fellas, a warm welcome to you. Thank you again uh, for taking part. Steve, I know that you're a bit... uh, limited on time so it's going to be a bit shorter today let's start with you what can we expect on the 30th what's this going to be about really exciting uh webinar we've actually done something very similar uh halfway through covid so if i remember rightly uh april uh april this year we've done a similar event and uh late last year we did a similar event because obviously we were really concerned about the impact of COVID on work-based learning and obviously that obviously have an impact on a young person's skill set and knowledge base as they make that transition into employment so there's an integral part of their uh, academia their practical element uh, obviously was severely hampered by COVID so we we, we uh, felt it was really important to keep you know blowing uh, blowing down the uh, the tube of the trumpet to say you know work experience is still here guys it's super important and please don't forget about it. You know, it's going to come back when it does come back. Let's not lose all the skills that we've developed as staff to help manage and implement those programs. And let's make sure that students don't forget about work experience as a, an integral part of their uh, curriculum. Yes, indeed. An integral part of the curriculum. Matthew, putting real work experience back on the curriculum. Tell us more. Well, there's 173,000 organisations that we have on our uh, on our database amassed over 12 13 years of doing work experience so those organizations are you know as far as i can see it they're itching to get back into delivery of work experience they're waiting their doors are open and uh, it, it's more about informing the organizations that we work with not just our clients who we class schools and colleges across the uk it's informing our organizations they are gold dust you know we look after them it's our job to do so we've got 173,000 unique organizations 
from north coast of Scotland to the south coast of England, itching, ready to go. And uh, we have many campaigns ready and waiting. Uh, we ca we canvass our employees all the time. We keep them warm. We uh, you know we had to do this all through last year to uh, to say, listen, as much as we're telling the schools as part of this webinar, Amos, that real work experience is back on the agenda. And you know uh, whether you you work with your local EBP or you work with us or you, you know you do it internally, but come along to the the webinar and uh, there's some helpful hints and tips. But from my perspective. It's more about the organization. It's just as much about the organizations that we work with as well. 173,000 organizations across 21 different sector categories. We have to uh, we have to chop them all up and make sure that we uh, we get the right students in those right categories to ensure that those employers remain uh, remain committed to uh, to giving a, a, a student an opportunity and to inspire future leaders. Uh, just one point on the uh, the actual the event that we did on the 30th. Steve and I have got nothing to do with it on the 30th, Amos. It's actually going to be run entirely by Roman Dibden and Rhiannon Wyman, who Steve and I have put very much in charge. Yeah, obviously me and Steve are doing some some career coaching and some uh, you know having some influence behind the scenes. But it's very much you know our team leading this forwards. I think that that's, you know that that shows the uh, the depth of uh, of quality and uh, and personnel that we have within the uh, within the organisation. Yes, indeed, and it's as though you've gone through my notes here, Matthew, because uh, <laughs> I was going to ask if employers uh, can be involved as well, and uh, it seems it's going to be a good mix of um, clients, schools, colleges as well as employers as well. So everybody's free to join, I take it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if we look at, uh, without having some visuals here, this is a podcast, but if I were to draw a quick map, it would be uh, the students in the centre and it would be the Change Education Group or any other EVP, any other Bridging the Gap organisation. It would be parents, it would be organisations and it would be the schools. And, then, and you could even factor in wider stakeholders into that as well. So it, it's really not just about us and the schools. You're very correct. It is about the organisations, wider stakeholders that all play a part in ensuring that we this 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 gap that we've been, you know, harking on about for 13 years is minimal. That uh, there's no barriers in the way of a young person accessing work experience, and uh, and that's on the agenda. Uh, whether we've got some organizations there, whether we've got some surprises up our sleeves, but ultimately, if what can somebody expect from attending the event? Well, they can expect to have their knowledge base increased. You know, whether it's working with us, it's working with somebody else, or it's doing it internally. You know, we work through a, a very simple uh, uh, journey that takes a, a school into the realms of supporting young people with work experience. So come and get some nuggets of information. Uh, there'll be plenty there on offer for you. Steve, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Why now? Or specifically, why 30th of November? Well, we we bounced back from, uh, again, I'll be happy next year when I don't have to mention the word COVID. Uh, it seems to fuel everything that comes out of my mouth at the minute, and it's not uh, a place that I want to be. So... Uh, that's the reality of it, Amos. Uh, COVID. Uh, we hoped that there would have been a a bigger 
bounce back than there has been by our educators. As you said, Matt has, has pointed out that the employers are hungry to start supporting young people in the community. I think the pickup from education has been slower than I would have predicted. I understand why. I understand that uh, the complexities of, of, of COVID. However, I do believe that my, uh, my youngest son, uh, he's going on a, uh, he's in high school and he's in year eight. He's going on a school residential in December. So I don't understand why every single school is not doing work experience. Uh, it's not why it's not back on their agenda. And as Matthew pointed out last week or the week before, it's traditionally it's towards the end of the academic year, you know, May, June, July. So uh, I think it's, uh, you know, we've left schools alone. It's obviously really complex. They've come back to, um, they come back in September. They've had to get a, a lot of things in order and obviously work experience is not a priority. Uh, it's part of the curriculum to making sure the students are safe within the uh, within the school and they're making sure that the core curriculum is, is functioning as well as it should. However, I think we've got to a point now where that is, based on my experience, having three boys and, and, and two of them are in education as we speak and one of them works in a school as a teacher. Uh, I've got, I think I'm, I'm more than confident to uh, give impartial uh, advice based on my own personal rather than professional experiences and I think that now it's time that uh, schools can uh, hopefully have um, support and guidance to uh, enhance and, and implement their work-based learning programs and it is part and we, we talk about work-based learning it is one small piece of a huge wider careers program so it should be at the some it should be the top of a group of professionals in the school's agenda. Somebody will be assigned to make sure that their you know their wider careers programs are implemented and functioning correctly across all academic years. And traditionally, work-based learning is normally done in year ten, is the isolated year. But it's not to say that uh, you know they should be preparing the students for the world of work from year seven. So uh, yeah, I think it's the right time if you know. November, they've, they've got back, they've got, they've found their feet with their core curriculum. And now it's really a chance we can support them to start considering work-based learning as we move into the Christmas break. And then we can, uh, you know, we can really implement it from January. Good advice there. Now's a good time to encourage and inform schools and colleges. The time is now to get back into work-based learning and no time better than the present. Matthew, um, without giving too much away is this program basically going to support schools and colleges in adhering to the Gatsby and Ofsted agenda yeah I mean that's the underpinning values isn't it you know we have to uh, we have to put those big ticks in those big boxes the answer to the question absolutely yes and anybody attending the event will be taking on that Gatsby journey and it will be very clear what provisions we offer schools and any other EBPs who we work with what specific benchmarks they will hit and obviously we want to hit Gatsby benchmarks physically that's why we we have the the term real work experience back on the agenda you know if you're a school or college out there and you're thinking I, I think you should attend the event anyway even if you're going back a few podcasts saying most where I was probably quoted as saying that you know we're Steve and I and the organization our mission is very much entrenched in real work experience and real opportunities even if you are a college or a school that is indefinitely going to use digital resource moving forwards, if you are still going to be using organizations, uh, 
that have popped up during COVID that, that still hit your Gatsby benchmarks, but not in a way that, Stephen, I think you should be hitting those Gatsby benchmarks, then please do still come along to the event. But, you know, we're under no illusion. Our clients are, no, are under no illusion that uh, the, the Gatsby benchmarks, you know, uh, four, five, and six, that, is a, that specifically targets uh, employer interactions well, we put, we put the big tick in the box by a young person visiting and undertaking a work placement. And obviously, you know, previous podcasts, we talk about how simply we do that and uh, cost effective for the schools goes without saying. But uh, yeah, our clients and prospects and people who want to work with us should be under no illusion that, that, is, that that's our mission statement as an organisation. So yeah, if you, if, if you, are, if you are still adamant that your school doesn't have the budget for work experience or you you know you, you you bought resource that covers it digitally then you know listen come along anyway there are great numbers of information for you and you never know you might uh, <laughs> you might see the error of your ways and you might decide that you want to uh, give young people that opportunity to go and visit something real Excellent. Um, Steve Matthews uh, suggesting there for um, clients to come along. Is it too late for clients and employers to sign up? Can they still sign up for the event? Yeah, no, it's uh, the tickets run till the start of the event. So on going to our event bright, we have a, um, a change education channel. We've got a set up change education. They'll find all our events that are on there. Uh, and they'll obviously the 30th of November, they'll see the work experience lead launch one and uh they'll also receive links over the next upcoming weeks you know potential clients uh potential uh, people who just want to attend anyway they'll be getting uh, notifications via newsletters uh, and uh, over the next couple of weeks anyway which will give them direct access to the event link uh and as much yeah as Matthew said you know uh it, there's no cost to attend it's free they are, I'm confident, uh, they are irrespective if they want to work in partnership with the Change Education Group or not, come along because they will learn something. Because I think, it, I think it's, I don't think work experience is complex. I just think there's a lots of facets to make it outstanding. And I think over the three, um, the three areas, such as pre-placement, placement and post-placement, there's lots of things that uh, the student, the employer, the educator need to do. And I think sometimes some of those facets are missed. And I think if you really want to uh, enhance or relaunch your programme and you really don't want it to be a tick box exercise, and I will be brutal, tick box exercises is how some educators have, have treated work experience, hence why they've had or have a poor relationship with their local business community because they may have not have uh, managed it as effectively as they should. And uh, and again, it's not just about the delivery of the work experience. It is also about how we uh, treat our employers because they are an integral part of it. So it is for employers as well. No, I think I think that was great. We had at the start of in 2019, 2020, we had uh, circa 30, 30 clients that signed up for work experience paid for it, COVID hit, and then we've not seen anything from them, not heard anything from them, moving into the COVID year itself, 2020, 2021, and now we're in 21-22. There's 30 clients signed up for provision two years ago, and now 
we're unable to engage with them. And that's obviously a sales strategy that we've got. So that really does show that these particular clients have been put off so much. It's not as it's not as even if we 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 delivered any provisions, it's not as if they said, well, you know, you did a rubbish job, we're not gonna work with you, work with somebody else. They actually it's that they bought a car, they left it on the forecourts, they never drove it, and it's still sat there now waiting for them. So there must still be fear associated with work experience for for schools in the UK. It has to be. And hopefully this event will try and answer those questions and alleviate those fears. A great note to finish on there. Uh, very important. Thank you for sharing that with us, gentlemen. So uh, that's it for today. It's a short and sweet one uh, until next week. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.